Was anybody ready for the word today? Come on, you came ready and hungry? It's going to be good, man. Turn with me in your Bibles. I want to dive straight in. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians 3 and then put a bookmark in Luke chapter 24. I'm going to really hang out in Luke chapter 24. I want to talk to you about a message called Born for the Middle. Born for the Middle. It says this in Ephesians 3 verse 20 and 21. It says, now all glory to God who is able. How many believe that he is able? Oh, come on, 930. We got it. Come on. How many believe he is able? Can I get a yeah in the house? Your God is bigger than any situation in any circumstance, right? He's a good God and he is a big God. He is able through his mighty power to work within us, say within me. So if you believe that there is more to God, then you got to believe that there is more in you. And the moment you believe that there is more to God and that there is more in you, what does it say is going to take place? You can accomplish infinitely more than you might ask or think. The moment you see yourself the way God sees you, the moment that you see the more inside of you the way that God sees the more inside of you, you can do greater things. I want to kick off this whole message by sharing a quote from a famous uh, theologian by the name of Rocky Balboa. Come on, somebody. Come on, I got any Rocky fans in the house. Come on, just wave at our brother. Come on, you got like, come on, are you, are you with me? Like, I mean, I had two goals in my life with my children. Number one happened last week to introduce them to Space Jam. Come on, somebody. Anybody? I got any Space Jam fans in the house? I mean, there's just something when Michael Jordan steps off the ship onto the baseball field again and R. Kelly, I believe I can fly. Y'all pray for R. Kelly. He needs a lot of help today, right? But it's like, but it, but it moved you. Am I right? Come on, it moved you. And then the second story, they got to grow up a little bit, but my second goal in life is to introduce them to Rocky. Uh, and so my kids are young, and, uh, and, it's, and so I'm, that's probably going to happen next week. And uh, speaking of my family, I do want to mention my wife is here with me today. Come on, show her some love. Yeah. And uh, my boo, my rib, we've been married now 14 years as of last week. And she's blessed me with four kids. Come on, all 10 years and under. Three girls and a boy. Now you know how to pray for her, brother, all right? And so, uh, and I'm sure you heard the phrase, I got a lot of kids, not because I love kids. I got a lot of kids because I love my wife. Come on, somebody, all right. And so anyways, so I want to introduce him to Rocky, and, and that'll maybe happen here real soon. But I was watching Rocky, and there's this scene between, with Rocky and, and Polly. Anybody, anybody remember Polly? And Polly asked Rocky, hey, Rocky, why, why do you want to marry my sister? And Rocky goes, because of gaps. Gaps? We talking about Rocky. Rocky's like, yeah, you know, I got gaps. And she's got gaps. So we fill each other's gaps. You know what I'm saying? Adrian! <laughs> Am I right? Come on. Now, that's a silly illustration, but the point is, in life, we all got gaps. We all got spaces. You can call it God stretching you. You can call it being stuck in the middle. But every single one of us, you are facing something right now. This is where you are, but this is where you want to be. We got goals, we got aspirations, we got dreams. You feel the weight and you feel the pressure of providing. You feel the weight and the pressure of, of getting this done. And, it, and it's good. This is where stress kicks in, am I right? This is where anxiety and depression kicks in. In fact, the only thing that stress and anxiety and depression kicks in when we lay it say yes to us is when it begins to start. And it's where being stuck in the middle. But I would love to preach to you from a different perspective today that you're not stuck in the middle. But maybe you were born for the middle. Maybe there's an eye of the tiger fight on the inside of you that come the 10th round when you're ready to give up. God says, no, there's a more inside of you. Keep fighting. You got it. You were born for the middle. Come on, are y'all with me today? Come on. Is it going to be good? 
All right, let's pray. Jesus, we love you, man. Do your thing today. Speak to our hearts. And Jesus, help the rockets. Anoint the bearded one. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Born for the middle. You know, I like to, I like to believe that I'm saved. At least I don't know y'all hope I am because I'm preaching, right? I like to believe that I'm saved and, and someday I will make it to heaven. Come on, somebody. Anybody? Like, I like... I believe that I'm saved most days. I mean, like 85 to 90% of the time. Come on, depends on the day. Anybody willing to be honest in church? Bunch of liars up in church. Okay, come on. Like, like I, <laughs> I believe that, that I am and that I'll make it to heaven someday. Who wants to go with me? Come on, anybody want to go with me to heaven, right? I believe I want to make it. Us pastors and evangelists, we say certain things like, we'll say a couple of questions, and there's nothing wrong with them, but we'll say something like, if you were to die tonight, would you make it to heaven? And some of y'all just went, eh. And it's a good question. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Because how many thankful for the grace of God that saved a wretch like me? Come on, are you with me? How many thankful he's got way more grace than we got problems? But how many know salvation is a process too, right? It's his grace that saved my soul, but it didn't solve my problems. So salvation is a process. And I could say if you were to die tonight, would you make it to heaven? Nothing wrong with that question, but I think there's another question that we must ask. And that question is, what if I don't die tonight? Because I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to die tonight. Come on. Are you with me? It's like, if you ever had that, Jesus, if you're going to take me, just give me one more day. I need some torchy tacos in my life. Come on. I need some water burger and some spicy ketchup. Come on, I'm preaching about food, and y'all ain't shouting me down. Come on. Like, give me a Krispy Kreme donut. Chick-fil-A one more time. Like, gee, then you can take me, Lord. But what about those of us who don't want to die tonight? Is my faith and my walk strong enough that's going to get me to the end, which is the ultimate prize? Because this is what I realized. Point A, I'm born. I give my life to Jesus. Point B is heaven, which lets me know my entire life journey is the middle ground. At the end of my life, I want to leave two things. One, I want to leave a legacy for my family, that their gen my, gen my kids will have it easier than me. I'm working hard for that. But the only thing I can take with me to heaven is people. And my end of my life is not going to be how big my house is, how big my account is, the job that I have, the title that I carry, because you can have all the money in the world and be miserable on the inside. In life, we want to hit this goal. We want to reach that half. We want to make There's nothing wrong with goals. There's nothing wrong with hitting dreams. There's nothing wrong with it, but we lose the hope and we lose the passion by being stuck in the middle. And the middle life is the ground. It's the middle days that we don't like. Sundays we walk in here, Jesus, I love you. Death will not hold you. Grave. Like that. That's why I preach. I don't sing. Okay? So it's like, it's like, man, we see it all Jesus. Come Wednesday, it's like. Yeah, I'm about 80% saved today. Come on, am I right? 100% Jesus Sundays, 80% Wednesdays. I mean, I, am I like that? Anybody else like that? Come on, I'm like, I, I'm just like, man, Jesus, I love you. But our goal as a church isn't to, yes, on Sundays is to fire you up to believe that God can be with you through anything. But our prayer is that Sunday not be your only day, but the Jesus you have on Sunday can be the Jesus you have on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Come on, are you with me? He's not just the God of a day. He's the God of the middle, and he's the God of the end. He's the God like, so we, we had middle day. I remember even in football, 
Play, I played college and high school football, and I hated Wednesday practice. It was the hardest practice of the whole week. I'm like, can I just get to game day? Come on, anybody would lie. I just want to make it to Friday night, and I just want to make it to Saturday night. But what I realized when I look back on life, it was the middle that molded me. It was the middle that grounded me. It was the middle that made me stronger. If I could win on Wednesdays, then I'm going to win on Friday nights, and I'm going to win on Saturday nights. I'm not stuck in the middle, but I'm, I'm born from the middle. Remember, God called Moses out of the middle of the bush. Here we pick up on a story in Luke chapter 24. And really, everything that I'm showing you guys today, I don't have a whole lot of points and subpoints. Sorry for all my note takers. I'm just kind of speaking from my heart. But everything that I'm saying is going to all boil down to about the last 10-minute illustration that I'm going to share with you guys. So if you can stick with me, we'll knock it out of the end. Come on, can I get an amen? All right, here we go. Luke chapter 24, the setting of the story is a group of men. Jesus just died, and he was buried. And these group of men, God by the name of Cleopas, we're just going to call him Cleo. Somebody say Cleo. How many need a friend named Cleo? Come on, somebody. All right, like, so Cleo, him and his boys, they, just, they, they became uh, in love with Jesus. They gave their life to Jesus. And all of a sudden what happened is the man who they believed in and they hoped for was the answer to all their problems, which he is, right? But in that setting that day, in that context, here they see the man that they believed in die on the cross and he goes to the grave and they're like, my God, my whole plan, my whole dream has just been ruined. And here they are on a journey back home to Emmaus and Jesus comes and he meets them. You can call it in the middle of the road, in the middle of the journey, but he meets them in the middle to coach them about something about life and how you're born for the middle. You're not living just for your dreams. And in fact, he even says in verse 21, they say to Jesus, Jesus shows up, but they don't know that it's Jesus. They just think it's a man walking with them, talking to him. Then it says in verse 21, notice their words when they were talking to Jesus. We had hoped, man, what dangerous words that we have all said. And I hope that this was going to be the day. I hope this was going to be the moment. I hope this was going to be the one. I hope this was going to be the week. This is the year when everything is going to break through. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. He was the answer, but all hope was gone. But isn't it amazing how Jesus shows up in the middle of when we least have the hope? And then we go on to reading the story. Here Jesus picks up, and it's almost kind of like Jesus <laughs> steps in, and he's like, hey, like, for real? Like, you've been with me, walking with me for two years, Cleo. And you're going to doubt me, bro? And he doesn't let them know that that's him, but that's just kind of my interpretation of the Bible, okay? Because Jesus goes on to say in verse 25, then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. <laughs> I mean, thankful Pastor Jim don't come in here and preach like that every day. You bunch of fools, you're going to hell. All right, so all right. He goes on to say, goes on to say, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in scriptures, this is Jesus talking, wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things, check it out, before entering his glory? Before, in other words, the end game is heaven. But some things had to happen in the middle before, in other words, there's always a story before the glory. And Jesus himself is letting us know that there's nothing that I'm gonna ask you to do that I've never walked through myself. Which lets me to say, some things had to take place before I make it to the end. You guys gotta understand this. He is the God of the middle. Without no cross, there is no resurrection. 
Without no pain, there is no power, right? Without no brokenness, there is no restoration. How many would agree he is the God of not just the end and the beginning, but he is the God of the middle? Then Jesus goes on to say, he says, then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining, explaining, that's how we say it in the house, explaining, come on somebody, all the scriptures. And here's what happened. Jesus noticed they've lost hope. And he says, let me explain some things to you. And Jesus gives a couple of great coaching points. He meets them in the middle of their journey, in the middle of their life. Anybody feel like you're in the middle of believing for something? Come on, Anybody? So maybe this is speaking to you. The first coaching point I think Jesus would tell them that he's telling us here today, he said, you got to understand this, guys, is that there's more to the process. There's more to the process. They quoted in verse 21, man, we had hope that he was the one that was going to rescue us. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Your, your focus is all on the end game. Your focus is about the rescue. Let me explain some things. Some things have to take place. If you live your entire life focusing on the end result, focusing on the finish line, focusing on when you get that title, when you get that job, when that investment finally comes through, when you finally get that degree and you pass math class. Can I get an amen? Come on. Any C students in the house, wave at her brother, right? It's like, when it's like you think in life, it's like, man, your, your mindset is wrong. You'll never have the peace that you want. You'll never have the joy when you, f you feel like your joy only comes when you reach the mark. But if you can't find joy in the process, you won't have joy in the finish line. If you can find joy and peace in the process, then you celebrate the finish line. You're not stuck in the middle. You're what? Born for the middle. And I know you feel heavy right now. And I know you're trying to figure out God. God, how come growth hasn't happened? How come I haven't had this breakthrough? How come this has Jesus is like, stop focusing on the end game, the rescue. But let's find out how do we feel life. In the he said, let me explain some things to you. Let me explain about life. Here's what life is. You ready? Because you might love it and hate it. Don't we? Here's what life is. Every week, guess what? You're going to have bad days. You're going to have good days. Just about every day you're going to be stressed about something. Just about every day somebody's going to be stuck on stupid and you're not going to like them as much. Come on, come on, you can look at them if they're in here. Come on, just wave at them. Come on, this is church. I'm a guest. Pastor's come back to say, okay, so it's like, so are you with me? Like, man, there's, every day you're going to be stressed about something. Every day there's going to be a dream that hasn't come true. Every day you're going to be like, God, how come it can't move quicker than I want it to? Every single day, there's always going to be more. And just because you hit that mark, guess what? There's going to be another one down the road. So the answer isn't, let me check off everything that I want in life. The more will always be there. And you're like, God, I'm just so tired. I got so much happening right now. It's just everything, just so tired. If I hear one more millennial say, I'm so tired. <laughs> Come on, you might know what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good right now. It's like just life. It's just, oh, my God. Hey, do you have a job and four kids? Shut up. Come on, so are you Come on, come on, are y'all with me in the house? Just like, I'm so tired right now. No, 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 no. Here you are complaining about all that you have. If you're complaining on what you have, you definitely can't handle the more that you're praying for. Come on, somebody, are you with me? Stop feeling like you're stuck, but let this eye of the tiger rise up on the inside of you. 
There's more in you than you realize. There's more in you and there's more to God. Stop waiting. You're, you're wasting time and days and weeks and years sitting here waiting on God thinking he needs to do it all. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm just waiting on you to rise up to the way I see you. Here you are complaining about what you've got, but you can't even handle with what you're praying for. So it's not about finding peace when you finally get what you want. It's about finding peace with what you got so you can celebrate when you get to the next. Come on, are you with it? There's always more. It's kind of it's like, I've got to hurry. It's kind of like, like being pregnant. I ain't been there, but my wife has. It's kind of like being, how many moms in the house? Come on, wave at her brother. Come on, yeah, whoop, okay. And so you've been a mom like two things every mom will agree with. My wife's had four kids. There reaches a point in every pregnancy where you're like, hey, I just want this baby to come out now. Come on, am I right? What? Like, I am ready two weeks ago. And they even know if you pass the due date, they'll only go so far, right, before they allow you to have the baby. It's like, I want this baby out. But about two weeks in, Mom, let's be honest, about two weeks in, you look up to Jesus, you're like, Jesus, can they just go back inside for one day? Come on. <laughs> like, I'm so tired right now. I'm so, I'm mad at my husband. I ain't done nothing wrong. I just don't want to look at him. I'm so tired. Am I right? Why, why is this? Why? Because no matter what season we're in or circumstance, the next season always looks sexier. It's always going to look sexy. You want to have the baby, boom. The, now the next, you want it to walk. The moment that the baby starts walking, you're like, can you go back to crawling? Am I right? Like, it's like, it's like every, doesn't matter where you are, the next season will always look sexier. The next investment will always be better and bigger. The next dream will always be bigger. The next moment might always be bigger. So the answer isn't finding peace when you get to the next. The answer is finding peace in the now so that you can have peace and joy and do a greater in the next. You're not stuck. You're born for the middle. You're born for it. You're born for it. I guarantee you, if you did this, don't let, let frustration be your fuel and not your enemy. But if you went home today and put on the whiteboard of your heart the five things that you complain about the most, I guarantee you, you can figure out a way to find joy for them. So you stop complaining and thinking you're stuck, but start realizing that you got the power to live in the middle to get to the next moment. You got to realize that there's more to the process. Second thing I think Jesus would coach is you got to understand that he's closer than you think. He's closer than you think. Look at verse 28. This is amazing about coaching in the middle. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Check this out. Jesus acted. Did you know Jesus was an actor? Jesus acted as if he were going on. Other translations say acted if he was going further. He was walking with them side by side. And then all of a sudden, homie took off in the day and he created a gap. He created a distance. He acted as if he was leaving, but he didn't leave. He just went a little bit ahead. Then he goes on to say, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So we went home with them. That's the salvation call right there. The Bible says our heart is like a house. You let Jesus in, then he can do some amazing things. Verse 30 goes on to say, as they sat down to eat, he took the bread, check this out, and he blessed it. Then he broke it and he gave it to them suddenly. Their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and at that moment, he disappeared. What? He disappeared. Now, two amazing things take place right here. You got you to zone in on this right here. 
Two amazing things take place. He said, notice that he broke the bread, he blessed it, and then they saw him. What does that let us know? Jesus always reveals himself in the breaking. Jesus always reveals himself in the brokenness. Just like the story with the feeding the 5,000, he broke it and then he blessed it. Those who refuse to be broken refuse to be blessed because the blessing is in the breaking. Jesus will reveal himself in the broken seasons of your life. The moment when you feel like your marriage is about to get up, the Bible says he gives you, jumps in, their eyes were open. It's in that moment, the Bible calls it, he will give us a glimpse of hope. In that season of brokenness, you think your marriage is over, boom, all of a sudden you'll get a glimpse. Maybe it can work out. Man, this dream that I want to do, God will just give you something to hold on to. He'll give you a glimpse for it. Man, don't give up. You got this thing. You ain't stuck. Everything in you that I called you to do is for a reason. You got a purpose. You got a calling. You're a great leader. You're a great mom. You're a great dad. You're a great husband. You're a great wife. You got this. You ain't stuck. Then what happens? You give them a glimpse of hope, and Jesus said, hey, here I am. They're like, oh, my God. He gave them something to hold on to to believe again. But then Jesus disappeared. He pulled a Hoosier. Is the way I love to teach it. I believe Jesus showed up and he pulled a Hoosier on everybody. Anybody know what a Hoosier is? Anybody ever seen the movie Hoosiers? Few people? Okay. Some of y'all, rest of y'all need to get saved. Space Jam and Hoosiers. Come on, people. Hoosiers is the, one of the greatest basketball movies of all time. You're going to go back and watch it after I tell you the story. Indiana basketball started and made it popular in high school. And it's just amazing. True story. Who's your story? He took over a program that never won in the history of, of high school sports in Indiana. Ended up becoming the most winning program in the history of Indiana. And he took them over. And all of a sudden, they started winning and winning and winning. But something was holding them back. They weren't going to their full potential. So the coach went in to the ref and he said, ref, come here. He called a timeout. He said, I'm about to throw a fit. And when I do, I need you to kick me out of the game. Ref was like, say what? He said, yeah, I need you to kick me out of the game. I'm about to throw a fit, purposely. And all of a sudden what he did, he threw a fit, they kicked him out of the game, and all of a sudden his players just started freaking out. What are we going to do? Our coach isn't here. He was there. He wasn't on the bench. He didn't leave. He was just in the locker room just a little bit away. Because why did he do that? Because he knew that there was more inside of them that they knew was in themselves. And sometimes a great coach, a great God, and a great person on our life, you may think that he's left, but he's acted like he's left away because he knows that there's more on the inside of you than you are stepping up to the potential of who you are. Are you with me? You're not stuck in the middle. You're bored for the middle. You can do this. You've got an eye at the tiger fight inside of you. You think Jesus has left you. Hey, keep fighting. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, he's gone to MIA. He hasn't gone to MIA. He's just gone to the next destination of where you need to be, just waiting on you to get there. He ain't left you. Come on, are you with me? There's a gap for it. There's a gap. And then the last thing is this, and I'm going to ask a couple of guys to come join me as I start to close this thing out. But it's amazing. What does it say in verse 28? It says that Jesus acted like he was going on. In other words, he purposely created a gap. He purposely created a distance. Why the distance. Why the gap in our life? Where's my guys? Come on up here, man. But Yeah, come on up here, bro. Here we go. Here we go. We got baby gap and hoodie. Come on. There we go. Here we go. Come on. That's funny. I don't care what you say. That's your fault for saying yes to the illustration. Okay, here we go. 
Are y'all with me in this? So why the distance? Why does God create distance in our lives? Because every person in life, God makes sure that they always have two gaps. Here is my future. You don't have to walk, bro. Don't be scared. Here you have to, like, here's my, here's my future. Here's my future, where I want to go, my goals, my aspirations. Here's my ugly past. Really ugly. They say one in every three men are ugly in this world. Guess who? Okay, it's all good. It's the beer, bro. You're trying hard. Seven years of work. And so, this is my past. This is where I don't want to be. Everybody hear me in this. We all want to get to here. We definitely don't want to live here. God makes sure that we always have two gaps in our life. That there's always a gap of thankfulness and that there's always a need and a gap of faithfulness. You're never going to make it here. Stay, bro. Dude, are you scared? I'm starting to think I picked the wrong guy. Do I got a man out there that can help me? Come on, anybody. All right, stay right there. Make sure you go to the man ready. Listen to everything Willie George has to say. Hey, here we go. So it's like we all want to get to here, but this is the faithfulness. God will always keep something in front of you to make sure you stay faithful. And God will always bring you through something to make sure you stay thankful. How, how do I remember the thankfulness? You remember the stories. I can line up story after story of leadership, church, life, marriage, left and right, and talk all day about the things that God is. But the one that just kind of kicked up, like, like my boy right now, he's four years old. I love him to death, and I think he's here kind of playing around. He needs Jesus, not even paying attention to church. But, but I love him to death. But right now, it's just in the season where, like, the brother ain't listening. I'm whooping him. I'm doing everything. Like, I'm, 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 I'm baiting him with Whataburger. I'm doing nothing. Nothing is working, and I feel stuck. Like, God, how come I can't win as a dad? How come I can't win as a leader? What is happening? And all of a sudden, I have this thought that I remember four years ago. Whenever I walked into the hospital with an emergency trip, and they had to rush my wife in the back, and the nurse walked in and said, Mr. Barber, I'm sorry to tell you, but your son doesn't have a heartbeat, and your wife is bleeding internally. I can't promise you that either one of them are going to make it out alive. And obviously, I don't have time to tell you the whole miracle story that God did, miracle after miracle, but it doesn't take me very long to remember that moment of thankfulness that feeds my faithfulness to where I was, come on, are you with me? Like, like how do I stay faithful to the call, to the dream? Because I remember my thankfulness. How do you think David was able to take on Goliath? Because he knew in the middle of that stream, when he was picking up the stones, he was like, if my God is big enough to deliver me from the mouth of a lion and from the strength of a bear, then he's big enough to help me conquer anything that is happening in front of me. So what do we do? How do you get through life? Is I let my thankfulness feed my faithfulness. So many of you want a hand-holding God. He's not a hand-holding God. You want, he creates some distance. I mean, I hold my kids' hands to teach them how to walk the street. But sooner or later, they're going to have to look for traffic on their own. Sooner or later, they're going to have to grow up on their own. Are you with me? And man, you want a hand-holding God, and when he's not with you every step of the way, you get mad. No, he said, I'm creating some distance because it's time to grow up, big boy. It's trying to grow up, young lady. It's time to be the man that I've called you to be and be the woman I've called you to be. And so here's the last thing. I mean, God, when I have a hard time believing that you're going to do this, I remember what you've done here. 
Even throughout my church, we're believing for things. God, in Jesus' name, I believe in that building's coming for you guys. Everything that you need is going to happen. There's going to come a day where something comes up and you're going to remember, my Jesus, I remember when we had to set up and tear down every single day and all of a sudden you got some thankfulness about this building. Come on, are you with me? Come on, Dream Team. I know you want to celebrate that. So, so, in life though, this is where I want to be. God will never let you get to the place right here where you got it all because then you'll think you'll never need him anymore. But he's also a good father and he'll never leave you back here in your past and in your pain. So you live life going back and forth, back and forth. You wonder why you're stressed out. You wonder why you're worn out. You wonder why you're mentally stressed because all of a sudden you're like, man, if I didn't hit here, then I'm going to go back to my old ways. And God, you came through here, but man, how come you can't come? That was a good way. How come there's a bad way? No wonder. You're not called to pace. You're called to stand. You're called to trust God in the middle. And life isn't going back and forth, but help me out, guys. Life is this. We're walking together. Come on, turn with me. That's Monday. Here we go. Now that's Tuesday. Come on, Wednesday might be tough. Come on, Anchor Ben, where are you at? Come on, my season might be hard, but it's going to be tricky. Come on, are you with me? You're not stuck in the middle. You're born for the middle. There's more to God. He is able, and there's more to you. Come on. Let that eye of the tiger rise up. Everybody stand with me. Don't you dare give up on your dream. Don't you dare give up on your marriage. Don't you dare give up on the call of God on your life. Better and greater things are coming. Remember the thankfulness as it feeds your faithfulness. You're not stuck. You're born. And you're called. Mm. So the last scripture is this. Verse 32. After they realized it, they said to each other, didn't your hearts burn? The whole time we talked to him on the road, it's like the whole time we knew. Can I tell you, this is the key to living life in the middle, is you gotta keep your hearts burning passionate for Jesus. This is why church shouldn't be a once a month for you. Church should be a priority to keep your heart burning. Getting in a small group should be a priority. Jumping on the dream team to help build something bigger than yourself. Invest in the property. Come on, you can give financially, you can give over your time. Like, 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 what is it going to take to keep your heart burning so you don't fall back into the past, but you stay strong into the future? What if you live life leaving here today like you just got saved? I love to say this everywhere I go. Jesus didn't die on the cross to be a part of your top three. He died to be number one in your life. Do you remember the moment? Hold on one second. Do you remember the moment, just take them off of the Lord saying this. Do you remember the moment when you first got saved? Think about that moment. Think about how you worshiped. Think about how you prayed. Think about how, how you believed. And God is saying, that person, I can see it moving in the room. It's hitting you. You remember that moment you walked into church, that moment you opened your Bible. God is saying, I need that person back. What if we were a church that we came in on a Sunday, that we lived life like we just got saved? It would be so contagious that people will be driving from everywhere to be a part of see the energy and the love that you have inside of you. 
And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, maybe you love Jesus, but he's not as strong as he used to be. Maybe he's in your top three, but he needs to be number one in your life. Can we not leave here today? Nobody looking around. Don't miss your moment. This is your opportunity to get your heart burning again. So that in life, when things hit you and you feel like you're stuck in the middle, you're going to realize, no, I'm born for it because God is with me. If you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to rededicate your life, you're like, Brandon, I need Jesus stronger than ever in my life. No hesitation on the count of three. Will you shoot your hand up? One, two, three. Shoot it up and keep it up. Say, that's me, Brandon. Come on, hands going up everywhere. Just keep it up so I can see you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I see you guys in the back. Thank you. Thank you up here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just say this prayer with me. Let's say it as a family. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Wash my sins clean. Make me new and make me whole. From this day forward, I give my life to you, Jesus. Let me just pray for everybody else. God, I thank you for every person in here, every marriage, every family. And I just feel it in my spirit. There's some of you that you just feel like you're stuck in the middle of God. How am I going to get out of this? But today you need to walk home. You need to realize that there's more inside of you than you realize. You were born for this. God's got you. I speak peace, blessing, and joy over every person in this room tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.